0: In this episode of Novel Predictions, Allison gets a home run. I think we should get into our questions, even though legitimately it's going to be, yay, Allison was right, Allison was (laughs) right, Allison. Seriously, I think you fucking swept it. Hi, guys. Welcome to Novel Predictions. I'm Kales, and I reread Uglies this month. And I'm Allison, and I read it for the first time, and I crushed it. You so did. (laughs) I was sitting there reading this book, and I was like, fuck me. She did so well. I would argue that it's the best predictions that we've had thus far. I think so, too.
1: I think there's a couple little things that I didn't see coming, and I would like to talk about those eventually. But other than that, I was pretty much on the nose here.
0: You were so fucking spot on. Like, I don't even know what to do. So just so you, if you guys are joining us for the first time, uh, this is Novel Predictions, which is a podcast where two best friends, Kales and Allison, uh, force each other to read a book that the other one has read. Um, And then the one who hasn't read it has to make predictions. Um, And so this month I made Allison read uglies by scott westerfeld because it's an YA dystopian and she'd never read it and i was wanting to reread it because of imposters coming out this past september and allison's predictions were so fucking spot on this episode i don't i don't know how we're gonna make it funny because <laughs> i can't make fun of her well we it's can make it funny just- by the fact that i hated this book you hated this book well hate might be strong but
1: i very much disliked it
0: oh my god let's start there with your overall thoughts which is usually how we start um what didn't you like about it so uh, you
1: know how i am very generous with my book ratings what did you rate it oh my god (laughs) i rated it two stars what yeah what yeah i was literally yelling like i was listening to the audiobook because I. Work forty hours a week, and that's the only way I can do this right now.
0: No, and, I listened to the audiobook too. Yeah,
1: and I was in my office, like with my office mates, just being like, "You're such a fucking idiot. I like, I, I hate you. Like, stop lying and stop making a total mess of everything." And tally, my, you hated yeah, Tally. Yeah, and my my office mates were looking at me, and I was just like, "I'm sorry, I can't hold it in, can't hold it in." Um,
0: but yeah, that's so amazing.
1: <clears throat> so there's a couple things that I was just like, "This is the dumbest." Um. First of all, I, as I said in the first episode, was the heavy-handedness with the, like, uglies-pretties dichotomy and all that really just never never felt good to me. I understand that it was a big part of the plot, but I still didn't like how it was written. Yeah. And then Tally herself was so insufferable because she just wouldn't stop lying and she was building this giant web of lies When she almost got caught lying so many times and then whenever people figured it out they were just like yeah i mean that wasn't very cool of you but like it's fine basically and i'm like you know what no it's actually not fine first of all she came there with the intention of destroying your lives she decided not to do that so she should get some merit for that but then, instead of just saying, hey, this is actually my fault, but I didn't do it on purpose, I'm really sorry, and that would have solved all the problems, she just kept lying and building this treachery tower. And I just hated the fact that even what, after people knew, they were like, it's fine. You, like, drove off on a hoverboard and left us all there, and that counts as saving us, so it's
0: fine. I'm, I'm so... I'm I'm not, it's what's funny is like, I'm not as hurt. um, Because when I was reading this book again, and I think, you know, I got to be blatantly honest, I think it is a book that is very targeted for teenagers. Yeah. And I say that because I think back to like myself at that age, and beauty was a huge deal and how I was looking and, you know, the gangliness That I had because I'm six feet fucking tall. And, you know, and while like I probably cared a lot less than some other people did, I can see where this book would hit home for a lot of people of this idea of accepting themselves. But I think you and I, as late 20 somethings, that this is so just repetitive and annoying. And I found myself too being like, God damn it, how many times do we have to hit this home of love yourself and you're pretty as you are and you know it was a lot of that repetitive bullshit and again it might hit people at a different age but I think as a 27 year old woman who's rather comfortable with herself this was just a lot and I think also it's funny to read an OGYA because it has developed so much like I think about how complex characters have gotten and a lot of these were still so basic right they're very one a lot of them were one-dimensional right and just it was interesting to me to see how it's developed over time so I actually only gave this book a three out of five stars which is what I had originally given it um back when I was like I didn't have good reads at the time that I read this book But when you rated it based on but when I rated it yeah it was still three out of five stars. And it was funny to me because I remember I was at Scott Westerfeld's signing and so many people had him sign uglies and was like, this book changed my life when I was younger and da, da, da. But I think the caveat there is when I was younger. Right. I really think that it it was a book that had to hit you at the right time. And because I was reading it now and I was kind of with you of like, oh, my God, Tally, you're a fucking moron. <laughs> and and this boy, I was like, why does he fucking like Yeah. Me? I don't. I. I. The whole time I was sitting there, like I don't. He's like, understand "You're special," why, and
1: I'm like, "No, she's really no, not." No, she
0: really not. I was like, "Why is? Why is David interested in her at all?" And it just. And I kind of. I will say I kind of like. And we talked about this too that she's not special. Yeah, no, I like and that, that too. That she is kind of a douchebag. Like she <laughs> is kind of an asshole, and I like that. Um, and I, I just was thinking about it, the whole thing, and I'm like, wow, this is a lot more than I... This is a, I remember it being a lot more than it actually was. And it probably was to me as 14-year-old McKaylee, but yeah, now it was not so much. Not so much. Which is why also I like Scott Westerfeld's other books, like Midnighters and So Yesterday and his other works. This may have been the most popular, but I don't think it's the best.
1: Yeah, I would say that's true, because I... I kind of forgot actually, but I read Midnighters this year because you had it on my January yeah. list. And that book was better, much better than this book to me. I agree. But so another thing about this that drove me nuts was um, again, it was Tally, but I think her her like justification to herself that she was doing the right thing by lying and like when she said, she said a few times like um, I'm gonna tell him just not right now. And like all these oh, things. Oh, it was so selfish. And, it was
0: so selfish. And she
1: just like, she was like, I love this person or whatever. And then was so, I don't know. Like my my perception of what, what do you do when you love a person is not lie to them constantly and say at some point I'll tell them the truth whenever it's best, most convenient for me to not get like in trouble with them.
0: Yeah, let that be a lesson to everyone. That lies <laughs> don't work with relationships. Don't listen to what Shakespeare or romantic comedies tell you. It doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> um and it it's not gonna work. Um, and and I think that she was just so much more annoying than I thought. But I will say to his credit, I like the world. I like. I think it's the- an interesting.
1: Concept. Well, because yeah.
0: Yeah, you also haven't gotten into, like, I realized that in the book it doesn't reveal why the government's doing this. Yeah, it and, doesn't at all.
1: I was like, uh, yeah. well, that question I didn't answer is good because I don't know still.
0: Yeah, no, it, it didn't reveal it. So um, I wish I could remember what it was, but I don't. <laughs> well, I think, um, it, I
1: mean, they kind of hinted at the fact that maybe it's just to make the population complacent and therefore yeah. easy to handle because of or, the
0: brainwashing yeah (laughs) you were right but (laughs) i was like
1: i was reading and i was like I i got to a certain point where we hadn't talked about like the brain damage yet and i was like oh my god oh my god they're not gonna have brainwashing
0: i'm gonna be so mad i'm gonna be so
1: angry and then they finally talked about it. And I was like, yes. and
0: then you got your brainwashing and you got your brainwashing. Um, but that, yeah, that is some good initial thoughts, I think. And and for me, I'm not as damaged as you were by Aragon, I think. But I also am, I, I feel almost reassured in my original feelings that like when I recommend a Scott Westerfeld, I don't always go to uglies. yeah. And I actually, like, discourage some of my fellow booksellers when they're like, oh, your kids should read this. And I'm like, actually, let's give them Midnighters. Actually, let's give them this other dystopian. Not that Uglies is bad, but I just think that, you know, teens are a little bit more woke. I think YA I don't has, know. I don't, I don't think it's just evolved
1: better. Yeah, I think YA has gotten much more sophisticated, and that's what people who read YA, teens included, are used to now. So this yeah. would feel very clunky and, like, one-dimensional in terms of character development.
0: I think clunky is a really good word for it um, because it, it feels like you're stumbling through this story and you're not quite sure why things are happening the way that they're happening. Like, again, I keep going back to the love story and I'm just like, when did you all have time to fall in love? Yeah, and like, he was somebody like... Somebody needs to explain that to oh me. Oh, my God. And then what did he say? He was like something about him
1: falling for her or noticing her or something um
0: right it was something because of the scratches on her face because of the scratches yeah oh that's right and I'm like so you
1: you noticed her and you decided that you're gonna dump your girlfriend and be with her instead because she fell in a bush right like what like that's not a sign of an adventurer it's just a sign that she fucking is clumsy like I don't
0: Oh, but you do know that YA heroines, they do like them clumsy. That's true. So they do like them clumsy girls. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> well, that's that's great. Um, so glad. I, I think we should get into our questions, okay. even though legitimately it's going to be. Yay. Allison was right. Allison was right. Allison. <laughs> Seriously, I think you fucking swept it. Like, mm. I'm not going to lie. There's I think a couple, you did. There's a couple things that I didn't see coming. Right. So let's, let's, let's start with our questions. Okay. So again, if you're joining us at novel predictions for the first time, we have a series of questions that we ask um, the new reader of what they think their predictions are going to be um, because Kale's completely 100% forgot the plot of this book. Cause she read it 14 fucking years ago. Um, we went very hardcore on our questions, which will make editing very easy. Um, but Uh, We we just, like I said, have these series of questions and uh, we'll go over what Allison said and then talk about them. So the first question we have was, does the MC fall in love? And Allison said, I do think she, I think she's going to at least establish a relationship with someone in this book. I know it's
1: a trilogy and then a quartet. Um, And I think that guy will probably be like a, like, rebel leader person somebody who lives on the outskirts who doesn't live in the city a yeah, forking you... cut i mean uh, what was that uh, what would, what was that word was a forking what <laughs> a forking... i've been watching too much of the good place um oh god <laughs> <laughs> a oh, forking jesus a forking cuss she does a
0: That's forking cuss she does a fucking, a fucking course. course
1: and a fucking course it's with the like wilderness boy
0: yep and it was, you said that it was, uh, the guy will be a rebel leader person who doesn't live in the city or is one of the sons of the leader. Boom. And yeah, it, so David is, which I do think it's weird that they like made a comment about how strange David's name was. And I was like, y'all, all your names are the same. They're just spelt funky. Um, yeah, well like there was that Paris. one kid named Asterix, so like, oh, that's true. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, what the fuck? Um. But th- okay, that's something that has not changed in YA is like weird ass names.
1: Yeah, but also like, I just think it's so dumb whenever people who are writing futuristic stuff, just take random words from the dictionary and like, this is a name now. Like, I don't think that's a strong writing technique for character development, but I digress.
0: Probably not, but, um, yeah, so she does. David Mm -hmm. is the son of the two rebel doctors who figured out that there was brainwashing and decided to leave,
1: and, um... But he's also, which is interesting, which is another question we have, but he's also kind of her mentor.
0: Yes. So... He is. He really is the one that, like, teaches her how this all works, and he's the one that kind of guides her to, this society is fucked up. Um... Yeah. yeah, but you you totally called it of him being like this handsome rogue leader person, um, and that he loves her because she's ugly, because <laughs> yeah. um, she literally has scratches on her face and that's what turns him on apparently. Yeah, he likes it rough. <laughs> um, sorry, oh, um, but
1: I'm I'm so annoyed with this relationship though because first of all, he was like I guess officially dating her friend when she got there i don't know
0: what that is up i don't know what's up with that i really i I think they were like together well yeah because she like reaches for his hand and then like he says nope and i don't know but go ahead i don't know i mean it's it seems like they were like actually together
1: but then he sees tally and he's like shay is not
0: genuine
1: i want you because of your scratchy scratchy face
0: Well, which I think says more about David than I think it says about anybody else, that that guy's, like, genuine radar is completely (laughs) fucking off. Because Shay was really genuine, and Tally's like, I'm lying my ass. I know. And then he's like, in the cave, he's like, I just feel like I
1: can intrinsically trust you. Yeah, and I'm an like, ass. well, you are wrong. You're very wrong, very, 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 very wrong, friend. You well, yeah, they have no radar. In the
0: wilderness. Yeah, he's lived in the wilderness his whole goddamn life. He has no idea. But he doesn't trusted are. a
1: single other person in this camp ever. And then he's yeah, like, I'm going to trust you because you're obviously definitely
0: not a spy, right? And then it's like, <laughs> I'm going to burn my necklace. I just love that she like never thought about the fact that like destroying it would put off the beacon yeah as soon as she put it, it so in the fire mad. i was
1: like you fucked up
0: yep shit's gonna break you fucked up shit's hard yep shit's going going crazy <laughs> um so yeah i think we just have problems with that entire relationship and how it was presented it felt very forced in terms of like oh shit i need to have a romantic interest it
1: did and then whenever shay confronted her about it and she was like i'm I she lied and was like i don't feel anything for him i'll go tell him like that this is not going to happen, and that you should be with Shay, basically. And then she goes to talk to him and doesn't say literally any of that. Nope. And it's just like, actually, let's make out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I'll, oh, I'm gonna have you meet your parents. Yeah, meet what, my parents. What the fuck? I don't know. I she's she's so infuriating because she's just so she's a shitty person. Like honestly, she I think really she's just is a shitty, a shitty person. person. And maybe that's her characterization, but I don't like to read shitty heroines.
0: Yeah. Well what's great is that over the course of the series she becomes like the revolutionary icon. So like in Imposters, she actually is not in imposters. It's right. like sixteen it's- years afterwards, but she's like this legend, and the whole idea is that like Tally's not gonna come save us. And um and she becomes like this huge symbolic katniss like figure. Um, but unlike Katniss, Tally kinda throws herself into it. What I do what I do like about this and I will defend Tally on this point I do like the idea that she fucked up and she feels compelled to try and write it yeah I mean that was the right choice right her but her motivation to like do all of this is to right her wrongs right and I kind of like this idea of a heroine that is not doing it necessarily out of justice or because it is right you know out of this compelling but kind of like Katniss she just kind of got thrown into it of like oh I really didn't mean to be this person but I have to fix everything that I did wrong like she's compelled by this weird need to seek forgiveness and I don't know why but that was really intriguing to me and maybe I'm giving this book way too much credit but I liked that as a, as a concept of like starting off with a hero that really fucked up and their quest is not to save a bunch of people because saving them is necessarily the right thing to do, but like her own selfish desires of I need to be forgiven for my fuck up. Well, that's that's exactly what I was about to
1: say. It's not so much that she's remorseful about her um, choices and about the lies that she's told, but more that she's seeking absolution.
0: Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It's it's a weird, interesting, selfish motivation from a heroine that eventually becomes this revolutionary leader and literally turns the entire world upside its head. Is that it's not for the sake of the people. It's, again, a more selfish motivation. Again, kind of like Katniss. Katniss is like, I just wanted to save my sister. Yeah. And... You know, but I find this one a little bit more interesting of that because, again, Katniss is like, I just wanted to save my sister. That's this kind of like selfless heroine, you know, what you think of in the hero's journey. And whereas Tally is a bitch who's like, shit, I screwed up. I need someone to forgive me. And the only way they're going to forgive me is if I do this, not because it's the right thing to do, but because I need them to say um, you're absolved. Right. Say we forgive you. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Be- I could write an essay on that.
1: Because, yeah, I mean, she... Because <clears throat> in the beginning, she, you know, sticks to her convictions and sticks to her promise to Shay. And then... Which is great. And I was like, okay, like, that's makes sense to me. that That feels right. And then one conversation with Paris, and she's like, oh... Actually, this promise to Paris that I'll come hang out with him in New Pretty Town is more important than the promise to Shay that I won't betray her and this giant group of people. Yeah, and that was a exactly. turning point for me where I was like, "What the fuck? Like, how how are you actually justifying this?" Because I don't know. Because <laughs> it was it became super selfish because the original motivation was they weren't going to turn her pretty unless she did this. So, right. she did this to turn pretty for herself, not to save Shay, not
0: to uh, not to ki- it, like they didn't even threaten with like killing anybody she loved or yeah, anything, not to anything save like her that. Parents. It was like no, not any of that, not to save her sister, not to do any of- it was we will not make you pretty. Right. Which again is a very fascinating concept because when she tells them like, they asked her, why did you do this? Like, why did you betray her? She says, they wouldn't turn me pretty. Yeah, It comes out and is, like, this so selfish, yeah, like,
1: terrible
0: uh. motive. it. Yeah, they all are like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, why would you do that? And it's a really interesting flaw. So that's, I will give it that. Doesn't mean I liked her any better than that. Doesn't mean that I enjoyed the book anymore. But I did find that very interesting
1: yeah i think that she is i think tally as a character is not one dimensional necessarily i just think that i don't i don't typically vibe with that kind of motivation set and like the guilt motivation so so it wasn't that she was written poorly just that i was annoyed so annoyed with her
0: yeah that's fair um all right our next question um, which I think we kind of went into a little bit, but we'll, we're just going to, it's all going to integrate as yeah. this generally happens on this podcast. What tropes do you think you'll see? And Allison said. a trope, and this is
1: like a long winded name for a trope. I don't know what it would be called, but the trope of somebody who. Go for it. Is like it. fully ingrained in a societal expectation and then is jarred out of it by something um, and then fights against it. So we see that in hunger games. We see that in the giver. We see that in all these different dystopians. It's a very
0: common dystopian trope. And once again, Allison was right. She Mm -hmm. said, like, every, almost every fucking thing of, like, um, except I think the only thing that you kind of emphasized on was more of her relationship with Paris, which just wasn't there. Yeah. Um, It, like, didn't occur. Paris was just a device, I think, to show the world of pretty and to show how people changed. But you got the whole, like rescue someone then reality crash in and realizing you need to join them realizing that the perfect society is broken and fully integrated into wait what did you say you were like the fully integrated into a society expectation and then is jarred out of it and then fights against it trope so (laughs) i i think that's right
1: yeah so i got a lot of them right but i will say i think there was a couple that i missed so um i did not see tally being like a spy as as happening i just thought they were gonna yeah. send her to bring shay back not to like infiltrate and expose yeah the, the smoke um so that was a little bit of a surprise to me and then the
0: it took forever and a day to get there though i did. realized like that, that beginning was fucking long it did it took a long
1: time for her to even get to the smoke and then was like she spent so much time like traveling the-
0: I know, but I was like, what is this? Is this like Hunger Games? I realized there's like so much camping. Yeah. I was, I remember I put that in my review. I was like, why is there so much wilderness shit here? I was like, I don't get it. Yeah. Scott Westerfeld had a weird need to like make a camping book. <laughs> camping survival. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. And then the other
1: trope that I didn't really see, or the other thing that I didn't really see happening was, um, the reason she turned pretty so i thought the reason she was going to be turning pretty was to, like infiltrate the pretty society not yep. to be pretty so that she could do the medical research to right. to help figure out like how to turn people's brains back to normal
0: yeah i still will give it to you in the sense of that you talked about she needed to choose mm-hmm. and come back to being pretty um but yeah you're you're thoughts on the motivation behind that was different right um but i will say when you were talking about her choosing to come back and turning pretty we were recording remotely and i was losing my shit because <laughs> that was the one thing remember i told you i remember the beginning and i remember the ending and i remember the ending of her coming back and being like make me pretty and that's i was yeah i was losing my mind when you like said that you dropped the bomb and i just was like oh my god well it's o- it seems so obvious so easy. to me yeah Well, but I remember as a 14-year-old girl, I was like, this is bullshit. And then I'm going to spoil it because you're not going to read the rest of the series. No, I'm not. But then she gets captured because after she's been turned pretty and the whole, like, stuff happens. But at the end of Pretties, she gets captured and is um, unwillingly turned and turned
1: to a special. Yeah, I read the books and for the next, like, two because I was like, I'm never reading these.
0: Yeah, no, she – but I remember she – that's why I got so mad at it. She woke up and was special. And it wasn't like when she turned pretty and she chose it, they forced it onto her. And I remember feeling so violated. Yeah. And as I read her, I was like, this is bullshit. And, um, yeah, so I threw the book across the room. I assume they fix her brain. Yeah. Did – They do. The medication works. Okay. Cool. Otherwise – And they, like, find out more shit about the society. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So – yeah. Yeah. And then there's like a huge relationship tension between because she's pretty now and David's like, I liked you, you better don't before. You look the same. Yep. That whole shit. Also, I'm still mad at you for fucking
1: lying to me for months. Hopefully. Yeah. Eh, I don't remember Ugh. that. Part.
0: Why aren't they more angry? <laughs> I, just don't I don't know. Because they're not human. Um, all right. Next question. Is there a mentor? And if so, how do they meet? Allison said. I think there will be some because somebody's got to teach her that the system is broken. And you were kind of right; like this one was really close. Yeah.
1: What did I say? I, I think don't
0: you no. You no. You did say that it was going to be the boyfriend. Um, because someone has to teach her that the system is broken. You would half-heartedly mentioned that you thought it would be like that female warden. Mm. Um, which was I, just a. I think that would have been so much more compelling. Right. But, um, but yeah, you, you talked about that it, but because what I remember,
1: I will say to that point that <clears throat> I was kind of right in that the female warden would have been one of the pretties that was fixed.
0: Yes. So, so
1: she actually did have like a conscience, like the, um, the Rangers. Yes. I wish they were in it more. They were so cool.
0: I- they come into it later. Oh, they good. help with the revolution. Oh, good.
1: Cause I was like, I think that it would have been, I don't know, cooler if she like went and lived with the Rangers.
0: Yeah, uh, they come in later as the as part of the revolution. Good. Um, so yeah, no, you get more of them. But yeah, I would say that you were right. It's just uh, you, you kind of were wishy washy on well, who the mentor actually was because it you didn't get anything and you were like creating characters as we went because you yeah. literally met three people.
1: Well, and oftentimes it's it's not often that the mentor and the romantic interest are the same, right. unless it's an enemies to lovers story, mm-hmm. and I didn't, this wasn't going to be. So no. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I hesitated to to make that asses- assertion.
0: Yeah. Uh. The next question was, "Who is going to die?" Allison said, "I'm guessing somebody dies at
1: some point, but I may not have met them yet."
0: So you were right. You just hadn't met the person yet because David's dad dies. Um, what and did I say? I cheek- don't
1: even remember if I said you
0: said you said someone is going to die, but I don't know who because I haven't met them yet. Oh,
1: yeah. So it
0: was like a really vague. Like you had a fifty fifty shot. I mean, yeah. of Like that was just kind of someone's like, gonna die. Somebody always dies, right? So right, yeah. And especially in dystopians, exactly. But, um, no, but I can we talk about David's dad's death for a little bit and the fact that he's like not mad at her for causing it. Uh, yeah. So well, that's the thing is he doesn't. She, so he doesn't know she
1: caused it until the very end, and then they don't talk again. Yep. So. But I think uh, Mama Bear should have been more angry. I agree. Like, I know that she was, like, you know, cold and distant or whatever. But this little girl literally caused the death of your husband. And you're just, like, cool with her pretty much. Not only
0: that. Not only did she cause the death of the husband. But she also fucked up your entire plan you've had for 18 goddamn years. Yeah, and she destroyed your your whole civilization. Destroyed everything. Yeah.
1: I, yep. I was like, what the – that, that's the kind of things where I was like, don't forgive her for this. Like, what are you talking about? There needs to be a lot more of her – like, I know she's doing this one thing to, like, make it better, but that's not enough. Like, she is – she's and she's not even, like, groveling. Like, she should be crying and, like, on her knees begging your forgiveness for this horrible mistake she made, not just calmly telling you about it and then – going off to be pretty to help you yeah Uh, yeah and that's why I cannot imagine being so self-centered that I would be able to lie that many times about such a big thing for so long
0: I wonder it's a little like sociopath-esque yeah it is because like no what I'm not I say that very heavily. I don't I don't throw that out there lightly, but it it does almost in a way seem like she is having to she like let them see a little bit of her crazy and is now like trying to do all of this other stuff to like fit back in so that people don't see her crazy. You know, I don't know. It just it seems very self-centered and very just but and what's weird is that it doesn't even seem like in a normal 14-year-old way. No. Like, yeah, teenagers are self centered. They very much focus on themselves. But also, like, I don't know. If my family or people I cared about were in danger, I don't know. Instinct kicks in, like love. I don't know. I just don't believe she loves David. I yeah. think it's, I don't think she loved any of them. Which, again, I think she grew up in a society where that was like not the case. And she maybe wasn't taught that. And I'll, maybe give it that, but I still feel like she spent enough time in the smoke to supposedly fall in love with a boy. You'd think that she'd like learn how to, I don't know, be so a little bit selfless, but also David's an idiot. I don't know. There's a lot of problems. I just think that
1: she, she's definitely a narcissist. Oh, totally. But because I just don't think that like she has any real perception of others needs or like what would be what how how to build a relationship based on something other than your own um desires and and fears
0: yeah it's it's i don't know but see then i'm gonna go back and be like well has she ever had the opportunity to do that i don't
1: but i mean she has this this very long-standing and impactful friendship with paris Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, I feel like she has the most genuine empathy and investment in her relationship with Paris than any of the other relationships in this book. And then we don't even see that really. All we see is the slight destruction of it because of his brain damage. As like an example of, oh, like for something, as something for her to realize she understands what's going on. It's right. like a device rather than an actual relationship, but she spends the most time in the book considering his feelings and his um like promises she made to him than any other character, even though she barely mentions him in the second half of the book, yeah, and then she's claiming that she's she loves these people and like she's her best friend and I, yeah, it's just weird,
0: yeah. It's really weird. Um, I love how we just are like you're making me like hate this story I'm more so, and more. I'm sorry. No, don't don't. Why are you saying sorry? It's okay. Like I told you, I realized that there were a lot of problems with it. I I think I'm not going to be so blind as like Fault in Our Stars when I was talking about that. And I was like, I don't even care. It's so emotional, and I love it. And it's amazing. And this one, I'm a little bit more like. Oh, yeah. No, that is a problem. Yeah. Like that is kind of fucked up. Um, But again, I read it so many years ago. And again, I think about like what I was reading at the time. And we had a long conversation about it in our last podcast about this is what was available. And I'm so happy that the YA genre has has evolved and has expanded. And I love that it is helping society and humans move forward and thinking about complex characters and becoming literature. So that's all I have to say on that. I will get off my soapbox and continue (laughs) on with the questions. Um, The next question was, what's the twist? And Allison said,
1: So I think what she ends up doing after a lot of waffling and after falling in love with this boy and him convincing her that, you know, she's, fine as she is i think that she and i don't know the circumstances of how but i think that she actually goes back and gets turned pretty as like a spy mic drop
0: okay so your two main twists were that shay runs away and finds a society living outside the city fighting against the institution that's doing this check mark good job (laughs) Ba-boom. Uh Tally goes back and turns pretty as a spy. So yeah, you got half of that of that she goes back and willingly chooses to turn pretty, but it wasn't because it was a spy. It was because she wants to have her brain experimented on. Yeah. Yeah. Um can we can we talk about Shay for a little bit? Sure, in yeah. In that moment, I want to talk about Shay and I want to talk about how like I feel like that's probably one of the saddest parts of this entire story to me, and I don't quite know why. I agree. With I you don't though. know. I think that so Shay
1: to me was like this this independent spirit and she just wanted to not have to adhere to all this stupid shit that she saw going on in society and so she ran away and she was ha- like happy in in the smoke even though Tally stole her fucking boyfriend and was whatever ruined everything um and then yeah whenever she turned pretty I was I was kind of like grossed out. Yeah, by her. And and I I you know, I knew that at a certain point in reading, I knew that was going to have to happen. You know, somebody who we knew and had experienced their personality before being pretty would turn pretty to prove
0: that all this was real, basically. Right. Because Paris, we had only heard about him afterwards. We hadn't witnessed him or fallen in love fallen in, in love, <laughs> sure, fallen in love with him. Yeah. You know, whereas, and Shay, I wouldn't say that we fell in love with her, but I would say that we re- were able to experience more of who she was. Yeah. And then when she, I also kind of hate that they like took her against her will. Right. Like, I don't know why, but that was really hard for me. I was like, I understand that she's a little brain damaged, but like, y'all aren't listening to her. Yeah. Like she's she wants still to like, go home. At, she wants to go home. Let her go home. Like,. I don't know. It was just a little sad to me. I was like, yeah, she doesn't know any better, but she's not hurting anybody. Like, she's just going to go party. <laughs> I am
1: glad that they they have that whole conversation about um, they're not going to force her to take the drugs.
0: Yeah. Can we talk about Mama Bear there yeah. and how she
1: was like, yeah, fuck you, Tally. I'm not going to force her to do anything, <laughs> Yeah, she was bitch. like, I'm a doctor. Like, I have h- took a Hippocratic, Hippocratic Oath. I'm not forcing someone to do experimental medication.
0: Yeah, because she's sound. Because, yeah, like she has lost sort of the... I would say, like, a certain decision-making. Not decision-making. She can make decisions, but it's just like she's lost a bit of her personality. Yeah, and she's lost the will to assert herself. Right, and that's sad and terrible and awful, but she is also a human who has functioning human speech and is able to say, don't fucking touch me. Yeah. Don't put those pills down my throat. I don't want to do this. And I'm just really glad that they, like, had that moment. And Tally was like, I will fucking force it. Like, we're going to have to do this. And Mama Bear's like, nope. Nope. Well, it's just yet another example of Tally having selfish motivations. Well, yeah, because she in her whole thing is it's like Shay has to get better, which is why she takes her, which is, again, is a selfish motivation of, like... Uh, just let her be yeah. you know she's got this it happens you guys have a plan to figure it out later but I would not or ar- I would argue that Shay was not better off being taken from that group and they like talked about all her really superficial things and I was like yeah because she's a little brain damaged but like don't put a superficial person out in the wilderness like that that sounds dangerous right well and she she would have been safer just being a new pretty town
1: Exactly. Like, if they had just taken her home, they could have gone, like, when they did their whole shit later, they could have had, they could have, you know, saved her then if they really wanted to, you know, when they they change everyone's brains back and they give them all their personalities back. But at this point in time, she's literally just a prisoner.
0: Yeah, she is. She's totally captive. Sure, she's not... Sure, she's free to go home at any time, quote unquote. But she doesn't know how to do that. She's not going to survive. It's like you plopped you plopped her in the middle of goddamn motherfucking nowhere, and she doesn't know what to do. She's lost that sort of motivation. In the instinct. Not, yeah. Yeah. It's like you kidnapped a child. Right. You know, a child's not going to know how to escape properly. It's not. Yeah. No. I was not okay with that at the end there. I think I had a really big problem with that, especially when like Shay was like, I want to leave. Yeah. Yeah, you can leave how if she
1: leaves she dies right yeah like that's literally something that like kidnappers say so yeah (laughs) like sure like you're in a cap you get kidnapped you're in a cabin in the woods with your kidnapper and you're like i want to leave and they're like okay go for it like you'll be dead in three days right like there's (laughs) the motivation behind them saying that may not be exactly the same but it's the same consequence she can't she doesn't have the capacity
0: to do that on her own nope not anymore so, yeah. Yeah, I agree. it she should was have taken her in the up. first place. Um, next question is, why is this story from the MC's perspective? Why are they important? And Allison said... I don't think she is. Okay. I think that
1: it's from her perspective because of the <clears throat> the way the story needs to start, where she has a reason to go to pretty town and see her friend and see this change in him and then come still have to come back and be in the other place and have meet a friend who you know is obviously resistant to this idea i think just like the age difference and those two friends are really what matters so that it is an inciting incident i don't think she is special in any way um
0: i think it could be anybody yeah you got this one spot on too yeah, I said she wasn't. Nope, you were right. She was. She's not special in any way. She's a bitch. She's selfish. <laughs> and uh, she kind of got thrown into this because of very, 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 very selfish reasons. Um, I, I want to ask you real quick, like, how do you think this story could have been better? Um, you mentioned, like, the Rangers and stuff, but, like, is there maybe someone who's perspective this could have been from that would have made it more interesting or a different angle that it could have been taken with because i still argue that i really do like the world and i think it's interesting and in the next couple of books how it expands and grows and the revolution happens but i was just would be curious to know is like how do you think this could have been better somehow i do so i think that
1: um i think it could have still been tally um but i do and i think she could have been equally just as selfish as she was for the first, you know, two thirds of the book, what I think would have made this more compelling for on a series level is if David got turned pretty.
0: Oh my fucking god!
1: Yeah, and then it was a like I will burn the world down for the person I love kind of story. Yeah, but they needed to like really fall in love first. I know. But, oh my god! Yeah. Yes. So if they'd focus more on their relationship building and actually had true, and she hadn't been such a fucking liar and actually right. had these this this relationship built up to the fact where it was real and i'm rooting for it and then david was stolen and turned pretty or even oh my special God. oh then and she like but she wasn't and she from the outside tore this system down and got him to save him
0: that i oh my think would have been much better well that's also like up your alley though too. Yes. That's like you're kind of you love those stories. I do. Um but no, I I had never thought about that that I like what an interesting story if they had flipped it. You know, cuz now she's going to be the one that's pretty and it's like Yeah. I also I don't know. at one point
1: during the story whenever the
0: I'm forgetting her name,
1: the mom's name. Um, We're just calling her Mama Bear, it's Yeah, fine. whenever Mama Bear is like we have to go and like we're leaving your dad. Like, your dad's dead or whatever. And, like, she's, like, rushing them out of the, the building. I had this really eerie feeling that she had been changed in some way.
0: <gasps> um, that would
1: have been creepy. Yeah. So, like, that she hadn't been turned pretty, but that they had, like, altered her her brain um, to be, like, you know, working for the specials in some way. Right. And I think that would have been really, a really com- compelling betrayal, too. Ugh.
0: Cause if I just wish there would have been, b- been a better betrayal. You know what I mean? I think Shay was not as powerful as we wanted it to be. You know. Well, in the I mean, Tally,
1: that I think that's part of the problem is that Tally was the protagonist. She was the betrayer. She was like all the roles. Yeah. And and I think and everybody else was flat it, around. Right. Her. Everyone else was just like cardboard cutouts standing around her. And I think if, yeah, if we, we turned David pretty and made that, you know, and then gave us a dual perspective from him, maybe, and then Mama Bear had been altered but not turned physically so that she could become this, like, spy infiltrator for the specials, and then there's this family conflict, I think that would have
0: been way more compelling. Yeah, uh, make it so. All you <laughs> fanfic writers out there, yeah. um, make do you it you write so. Fanfic? We need uglies fanfic. Yeah, do you write fanfic? We have some challenges for you. <laughs> um you need some prompts? Um, uh, the last question that was on there was, uh, do you have any other thoughts, and what stories does this remind you of? Allison said... It definitely reminds me of Stepford Wives because yeah. of what I think they predict how it's going to
1: go. Um, other than that, it reminds me of, you know... Hunger Games a little bit because it's, you know, the segregated, um, like, district-y type thing, right? And the idea that between the districts, there's, like, nothing. It's just a ravaged. um, But then, actually, there's District 13. So, yeah, so it's like a out in the wastes. There is actually humanity. Well, it kind of reminds me of The Giver a little bit, too. Yeah. Just in that once you reach a certain age, you are, like taken and given an opportunity in the giver it's you're given your job um
0: and then but in this one it's that you're you're made pretty so that so you didn't necessarily have any like you talked about it being like hunger games but you really just kind of got it of like brainwashing this is where you really like put in your whole big brainwashing theory which was 100 percent correct um might not have been brainwashing per se, but right. it was. But it's definitely conditioning and that something was wrong with them and something that neurologically changes. Um, but yeah, you were 100% right on that. And um, I think you had to be. I think there was no real way that this story could have worked dystopian-wise if there wasn't some sort of mechanic to change people's thinking. Well, and that's um, the whole thing
1: about dystopians is this something is happening that looks like a perfect world or a perfect function for like humans and makes everything better for them but underneath actually there's a lot of corruption so there had to be that corruption and that's why i was saying in the first episode if there wasn't going to be that corruption i was gonna throw shit across the room because that's not right like it's not how these stories work Mm -hmm.
0: right exactly no and so it's exactly what it was. It was exactly what you said it was going to be. And um I'm 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 interested in any final thoughts that you have about this. I feel like that we kind of beat it with a hose um <laughs> kind of relentlessly. And again, like I said, I'm not going to change the fact that like I'm not going to lower my rating after yeah. this or anything. I still think I gave it a pretty fair rating. It still makes me think there's still nostalgia there. Um and so for me though, I understand and can remember why I didn't finish the rest of the series. Yeah. And I don't think I'm gonna. Right. So what What? What are you, those were my kind of like last little tag ons. What, what did, what do you think? So, yeah, I, I
1: obviously wasn't a fan of this story. Um, two star ratings are like exceedingly rare for me. I am. They're s- like fucking $2 bills in your world. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't rate books that low. I don't finish books that I am feeling they're gonna be that low, I guess, is really what it is.
0: Yeah, you you're a hardcore DNF. I do, I'm I do really, enough. Thank
1: you for getting through the whole thing. Because <laughs> um, I cause I'm not there's not enough time to read books I'm not gonna like unless, you know, I'm
0: being forced to buy a podcast. So I, I just smiled so <laughs> big. I was like, ha ha. I do um, it to you. I feel too, bad. So. I wanna I need to give you a book that you like. I don't I feel like I mean you liked they hate you I just God, I feel like I got my work cut out for me. I feel me like we're pretty I, even
1: on books we've liked and disliked that we've given each other, though.
0: This is true. This is very true. Um, but anyway, so yeah. So yeah. I think I definitely am not
1: going to read the rest of this. I did read the plot synopses for the the next th- four books, which I agree with people who are mad about the fourth book coming out because it doesn't... It's bullshit. It's not, it's, bullshit. Part, it's not part of the trilogy. It's just like a random uh
0: companion novel but which is why though like if you want to read something in this world imposters is really good because it what imposters is is these two sisters that are twins clones almost and one of them is like the protective detail for the other one mm. and she gets sent on a secret mission to go to like the smoke-like place it's not the smoke because they're all integrated and shit now um to infiltrate there and she's not the pretty princess one she's the warrior and shit goes down and again it's that revolutionary thing it has that survival element it has betrayals and i think it's just better more well done because there's no there's lying but it's not this selfish person she has motivations to help her sister and help her her government and help you know this kind of service and then the love story is actually pretty decent um so i would just say it's like a better it's a updated 2018 uglies right it's like a version that
1: fits into our current schema of what should and shouldn't happen yep yeah so i i might maybe if i'm ever really feeling like a dystopian i might read imposters i just don't I think I think it's it was important for me to understand, like, how, where the story was going to go, but I wasn't willing to read it. So I, yeah. I did read the plot synopses, um, and it made me, like, specifically be like, okay, well, I'm not actually ever reading these. Yep. <laughs> like, because she turns pretty, and then she's, like, pretty and dumb, and they yep. fix her at some point, obviously, but then she turns special, and it's just like, and we'll do it all over again. So yep. no... <laughs> yep it's it's
0: yeah um, it's, um
1: i do th- yeah i do think that this book probably at, at the time was very compelling um for a lot of people and i think the idea behind i think the world itself is is pretty fucking cool um i did i did honestly i want a hoverboard i did honestly i want a
0: hoverboard so bad yeah
1: that's what i was gonna say i honestly thought all the stuff about like The metal infrastructure and um not being able to use the helper boards like out in the wilderness, but in the smoke they're like building a grid. Like that kind of stuff, I honestly thought was the most compelling part. Yeah. Um and like when they're doing the roller coaster and in the like the rusty ville or whatever. Yeah. In the ruins. Like that that to me was cooler because I think it's fun when dystopians look back at, you know, us like the modern humans <laughs> yeah. and are, and say like oh they're so stupid like they burned trees for fuel and all these things um so yeah and i like i thought the orchid infestation was kind of random but also pretty cool and uh, that becomes important <laughs> later is why okay i was like okay, and it's cool. symbolic sweet um but yeah so i think that the world is compelling but I, it's just been too long for this book to hold any sway over me and the character was just too self-centered without and I I'm a sucker for a redemption arc but you got to do it like the character has to to actually transform and it can't be over a series of three books it needs to have oh you
0: don't mean transform into a pretty like is, is that it has, <laughs> no. to, it has to be more than that it has yeah. to be an internal transformation it has to some internal transformation
1: um and it needs to i need to see it i can't just be like promised it like you've promised me in the magicians um i i need, we to, be don't able need to, to get into it. that
0: um <laughs> but yeah i think that's a a really great thing to end on um before we transfer over um uh, before we move on though to what book that you're gonna torture me with Mm -hmm. in the new year I want to give a really awesome shout out oh yeah because this this was really kind of amazing we found out do do you want to talk about it I want you to do it because you were the one who found it and the fucking called me So
1: like (laughs) can you tell me how you found this out sure so um I was just on Twitter and one of our other, as you do a, as one is one of our other bookish friends mentioned that they were featured in this book riot um 10 top 10 list of 2018 book podcasts and i was like oh that's cool um and i randomly clicked on it so normally i don't i don't often look at those lists cuz i mean i'm not scoping for us to be on them cuz that would be insane uh so but... but i looked at it i clicked on the list and our podcast was on there and I felt like I maybe had died and was in an alternate (laughs) was in like an alternate universe I really didn't believe it at first and then I was reading the review and it was so beautifully written and so complimentary of us and so I called Kales and we had a a good squeal
0: about it no it was a great squeal because I had just gotten done it was a really crazy day um because as you guys know I work at a bookstore and Um, Michelle Obama came to the bookstore. And then I got to go see Michelle Obama uh, at the Pepsi Center, which is a a huge venue. And Reese Witherspoon was in conversation with her. And I had just finished that. And I was like on this amazing high from this awesome day that I legitimately didn't think could get better. And then I got a call from Allison and Allison does not call me. No, I thought like her husband was dead. And I had to like, (laughs) no, I'm not shitting you. Like I thought I was going to have to like go spend the night in a hospital somewhere or drive her somewhere. And then I call her and I was like, what's wrong or what's up? And she's like, were featured in 10 great bookish podcasts we discovered in 2018 on Book Riot and we I'm I'm like standing in the Pepsi Center behind like a closed down concession stand area squealing and losing my mind. Um so really big shout out to Book Riot and specifically Rachel Britton who was the one who wrote an amazing review for us. So thank you so much. Um it was a great ending to uh this year of 2018 and how we just kind of put this out there and because we just wanted to hang out as friends and it's something that we enjoy and we're big fans of podcasts and the fact that we got recognized in this way is amazing. So thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Book Riot. And a thank you to all of the new subscribers yeah. that came on because of this. Holy crap. Yeah. Welcome. Thank you.
1: Hi. You you uh like doubled our subscriber list. So you're amazing. Thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> so this was like a really big deal for us. So we're hoping that we could kind of keep the momentum of that going and get some new subscribers. So if you're new to the podcast and you're enjoying it, you're having fun with us, please shout us out. Tell your friends about it. Um, go review us on our iTunes. Give us all the love so that we can bring more friends to the table because we think we have a lot of we have a lot of fun doing this. We think you guys have fun listening and we would love for more people to to hear us. Absolutely.
0: Um, so Speaking of the new year yes. and new books and new listeners and new 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 new, Allison, what is the book that you are going to have me read in January uh, 2019 Sweet Jesus. So um, do you want do you want me to guess? Do you want hints? <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> yes, I like that we do okay. it this way. Okay, so it's uh, it's kid lit. What the fuck? We're going kid lit. It's it's like straddling YA, like a mid grade. Yeah fuck
0: we're going mid-grade it was published okay. in 1998 I think oh my god no maybe 96 go- how far back are we fucking going here <laughs> um um and it's you're not making me read like bridge no it's wintry uh-huh like Christmassy or just wintry wintry 1998 wintry middle grade how short is it it's 400 pages oh my god I don't know what is this book Okay, so... Why do I feel... Have I heard of it? Yes. Oh, God, yes.
1: I'm double-checking the publishing date before I lied to you.
0: That's okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm struggling so hardcore right now. Oh, is it 2001? No. What the fuck? That's got to be a reprint. Maybe. Okay,
1: maybe it is 2001. I thought it was in the 90s. But anyway, so... That's close enough. (laughs) So, in January, we will be reading The Golden Compass
0: no <laughs>
1: yes yes have you oh you, my god no
0: you have not seen
1: the movie right
0: no good
1: don't watch it
0: oh my god no now that it's I a bad don't movie don't want to do this at all why oh my god. it's gonna be great i i i have boycotted this book for so long for what reason uh well originally it was a religious thing um because apparently it was the anti-narnia and uh <laughs> And it it was a big deal in the church I went to about oh, like okay. don't read this book, um. And then I just, I just didn't care. And then it was like one of those hyped books. Oh God! Oh my God! I love you and I hate you for making me do this. I'm making I think you do it's it. Brilliant. No, but it's brilliant from a podcasting marketing <laughs> perspective. But as a human, I'm so just upset right now. Oh my God! This is great. So, this is so great. Yeah. So it's
1: 368 pages. So that's not that bad oh my god this is so great it's shorter than uglies um where do you put it in the library do you put it in middle grade or do you put it in YA I believe it's in the juvenile because it's in fiction. YA
0: at the bookstore um let me double check I think it's in YA oh my god this in is it's juvenile oh it's in juvenile yeah we put it in YA at the bookstore so yeah it totally straddles oh my gosh this is great <laughs> oh no Holy we do shelve, we do shelve it YA Oh, well, whatever. Yeah, but it's like... She's younger. She's like
1: 12. I read it when I was like, yeah, 11 or 12. Oh, my God. This is fantastic. Yeah, so we're going to read The Golden Compass, the first book uh, by Philip Pullman in the His Dark Materials trilogy, and...
0: If you're like me and one of the few people that haven't read it, you could read it with us this January, or if you're like the rest of the goddamn motherfucking population (laughs) and have read the book, um, enjoy my predictions.
1: Oh, God. And I I will say right now, this is going to be like the Uglies, where I have not read this book in so damn long that I don't have a lot of memory of what happens. So I love it. It'll be fun for both of us.
0: Let's go. All right, guys. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. Um, I'm Kales. And I'm Allison. Uh, Keep making novel predictions. That's the lame ending we've got. Bye. Cool. Bye. Bye.